ciao, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Today, we'll be covering everything you need to know from the group stage of Euro 2020. Who are the teams to beat? Who are the teams to bet against? Is it possible to like the Hungarian national team and hate the Hungarian national government? Is England the least inspiring favorite to win a group in history? We'll answer all those questions ahead before the elimination rounds begin on Saturday. So let's kick off. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Euro 2021 version of the second Euro 2021 version of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Just two of us today. Ian was run over uh, by a stampeding group of um, of Hungarian goal scorers after the uh, or no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was Hungary that ran over that poor lady in the WeWork um, mm. studio. Yeah, side. Uh, <laughs> that was a great moment. And so he was unable to join us today. But we are here. I am Stephen Ground, joined by Justin Horniker, who has recovered enough from the uh, exit of this tournament of North Macedonia to join us today. How are you doing, Justin? It was a real heartbreaker, but the Danes got me through. So, you know, the real rise and fall ups and downs of this tournament. But I'm here. I'm doing good. What a tournament it's been. I've forgotten. I've forgotten the most (laughs) significant thing that happened until you just said it. I just want to pause the moment to mention that this podcast is brought to us by Shock Top Zest. Ah. For those of you for whom Shock Top is just a little too hard, (laughs) they've now made a little a lighter version of it. And I got to say, it's pretty uh it's okay it's it's, fine. it's just like shock top it's uh fine <laughs> yeah exactly it's it feels more i was trying to find a word i couldn't find the word to even describe the yeah, mediocrity it's that fine is. it's <laughs> fine as the only word it's like it's like tiptoeing towards a uh a seltzer but it's still like a beer but they've like overloaded it with the citrus flavor uh, so it's yep, just, there you go just feels like drinking mildly alcoholic orange juice <laughs> you know what it's fine with me i don't have a problem with it. it's exactly what i need to record a podcast about the euros at 4 p.m and that's what we're doing uh we decided we'd get on after the final group stage matchup wrapped up um to talk about what we saw in the group stage, talk about the teams that have gone through. Hopefully by the end, we'll have a convenient map of what all the matchups are going forward. And we can talk about um, some of those and who we think has maybe the easiest path and the hardest path. And, you know, some of the stories we saw during this group stage, but Justin, why don't you just start overall impressions from the group stage at a, Euro tournament that we had to wait an extra year for that is bigger than it ever has been before. Um, A lot of significant things. How did you feel? Yeah, I thought a lot of our like assumptions going into it were kind of challenged, at least through the first two games. Like the, I think match day three seemed to cement a lot of what we thought, but like you also have 
teams that I thought were going to be a lot better and look a lot more dominant that just didn't. And then you have like Wales looking good somehow that like no one talked about before the tournament. So except <laughs> for me. No, I'm just kidding. I did. I do think I mentioned that I thought Wales could possibly You did. You were the lone Welsh bandwagoner on this podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ride that until they get stomped by whoever they had to play in round mm. one. Um, <laughs> Uh, Denmark, actually, so which will be a fun oh, game. That'll be fun. Yeah, at yeah. least those are two evenly matched teams. That's hard. That's like my bandwagon up against everyone's bandwagon. That is yeah. also my bandwagon. <laughs> so hard to really pick a favorite there. Um, yeah, I think it, it's interesting. I think a couple of the teams that you would have expected to be good were really good. A couple of the teams mm. that you would have expected to be really good were very mediocre. Mm. And a couple of the teams that you thought would be kind of dark horses uh, to do to make some noise really just absolutely disappointed and crapped the bed. Uh, obviously, Turkey chief among those. Um, but you know, I think for I think for the most part, the groups were pretty evenly matched. Um, most of them had a, you know a a standout, a best team, and that's pretty typical and pretty hard to avoid when. You have, you know, 24 teams in a tournament that is not on a continent <laughs> big enough to justify that, really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it was exciting. It was good. You didn't see a whole lot of games that were just two teams playing for a draw, mm -hmm. even in the kind of, you know, decision day matchups. There weren't a lot of games where people just kind of sat back and, and you know, could have played for nothing but didn't you know so i think i think that was promising so why don't we just leap into it alphabetically we can start with group a which i think had the uh breakout team of the group stage in it in italy who scored seven goals allowed none dominated all three of their matchups played the very first game of the tournament against switzerland right or was wales first it was wales wasn't it i want to say yeah it was wales, sure let's now. go with it <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see uh no it was turkey very first oh, okay. very first day i lied completely so uh yeah that was the 3-0 drubbing on the very first day of the tournament i think the lone game on day one um and really didn't look back from there they beat switzerland three to nothing and then beat um wales one to nothing uh but wales had done enough by that point to hang on in advance. So, you know, I think they are in a good position too, but what do you think about Italy and are they uh, the absolute bandwagon of this tournament, leaving aside Denmark, who we'll talk about in just a moment. I think so. Like that group is interesting because I think on paper, it might be, it might be one of the weaker groups, but I think Switzerland is maybe better than we give them credit for. So for Italy to mm -hmm. walk in there and just completely dominate that group, like we thought they would be good before the tournament, but this is so much better than anyone could have realistically predicted on them. I mean, they didn't allow a single goal throughout the group stage. So that's just dominating soccer to play. Yeah. I just, uh, one thing that I really appreciate about um, Italy is that for the most part, I mean, there are a few exceptions even there, but for the most part, um, Italy Italy's players' names sound more Italian than any other country's 
mm. names sound. You know, you gotta appreciate that. <laughs> every team has like like an Emery Chan. You would never guess uh. necessarily was German, but Andrea Bellotti, you know, Gianluigi Donnarumma, those kinds of people. Those aren't people that you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of a lot of question right you know, as I we guess. discussed on our last podcast Steven, uh there is no one else named gianluigi that wouldn't be italian so yeah that's right there's no chance although they do of <laughs> course also have Jorginho, who sounds very very brazilian because he is so you know there's yeah. a little of that too but um yeah i mean i think italy just looked so good it's really hard to play a game of soccer that is all that is both interesting and defensively responsible and high powered. You know, usually yeah. you can pick maybe two of the three, but not all three of the three. And I think you're right that this wasn't, you know, an elite group, but I don't think it was weak by any means either, other than Turkey, who just got completely drummed out of it. Um, but I think Turkey was, you know, one of those teams a lot of people thought of as a dark horse coming in. So I don't mm. think they're terrible as much as they were just caught off guard by three teams that were really ready to go. Um, and yeah, I think Italy is now, you know, I don't, they're not the team to beat really because obviously Belgium's the world number one and England's always got the hype and France is still very good. But like they are the team that feels like they had the most momentum going into the, knockout yeah when i look at the other like quote unquote favorites italy were the only ones that ever got out of like out of like second gear we'll talk about it when we talk Mm -hmm. about belgium but belgium hasn't looked like themselves yet not to say that they haven't been very good but i think if i were to base any predictions off of just the group stage like italy with the way that they play as a team and mobile and locatelli have been both very good like i think they're probably my favorite to win Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say anyone else right now, for sure. I mean, there, there are options, but if you just had to put money on a team, um, I would think it would have to be Italy. Wales, I think, looked pretty good. I don't think they, you know, they they held the tightest on Italy by a long stage, but obviously Italy didn't have much to play for at that point. They got the goal and held on for the one nothing to be the only team that... Um, or one of the few teams that got nine points. Um, and I think were they the first team to win all three games without conceding a goal or something like that in the Euro group stage, I think. I believe so. Some statistic. If it wasn't the first, it's very rare that, that ever happened. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously Wales lost that game, but they played a tough game against Switzerland and then looked really good against um, Turkey. Gareth Bale who I will call Christian Bale at least once, um, (laughs) obviously is the star player there, but I don't really think we saw him at his best. We saw a couple of real highlight reel plays. um, But, you know, I think, I think Wales was more of a team effort than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah. Um, I think you you, agree with that. I think you expect Wales to be like Bale and Ramsey playing back and Mm -hmm. forth to each other. But yeah, I agree. I think it was more of a, a team kind of rallied around Bale. Like I think Gareth Bale, now you have me doing. I think Gareth Bale is the kind of center point, centerpiece there still, even if he's not at the height of his powers, but he's kind of that like rallying force for them to play this strong team defense style of football. And mm-hmm. I thought they did really well. And obviously they surprised Switzerland and definitely surprised Turkey. Yeah, um, I agree. I think 
we talked a little in our preview about how Wales had a lot of young talent that maybe mm. wasn't quite ready for that next step. And I think a lot of them made it. I don't think they were incredible, but I think, you know, Nico Williams, Harry Wilson, um, Ethan Ampadu before he got the red card. Didn't he get, he was the one that got the red card, right? Or am I making that up? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, so I think a lot of those guys looked good. Um, before, you know, especially even, even going into that Italian game. Um, and then, you know, Aaron Ramsey was great. Gareth Bale was good. Kiefer Moore uh, is an absolute unit. I learned, I didn't realize that he was the size of a freaking truck, but you know, that here we are. So that's how he scores um, all those goals for Cardiff. He just big. Yeah. For real. Uh, there's nobody else on the entire continent who's as big as him. So how could they stop him? Right. It's like if, uh, if um, what's his name, Peter Crouch actually had muscles and body mass. To Wasn't just a him. wanky. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. A giraffe human being. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll look in a bit at who the matchups are, but I don't think Wales is a team that anyone will be eager to play um, in the knockout round. I think they maybe have Belgium or like one of those tougher matchups. So could be rough. No, we just talked about it. Denmark. Never mind. Yeah. I'm an idiot. So they have Denmark, that'll which be fun. Will be, be a fun very, and very interesting matchup, but yeah, definitely for a winnable sure. for them. Um, and then Switzerland. Uh, what were your thoughts on Switzerland? I thought they looked increasingly good of course they played turkey last so that could be a little bit of yeah but i think they looked better and better as the tournament went on i would agree like i don't know really how to rate them i think they're one of those teams that was a little bit all over the place throughout the those first three games like suspiciously when you're trying to like actually rate them in a certain way like i think thought they were pretty mediocre like maybe they played a little bit below their expectations in those in that first game and then maybe a little bit above when they played Turkey, who did not really show up to the tournament at all. Um Shakiri and Jaka looked okay. Uh I thought Ricardo Rodriguez was probably a pretty good player for them. Um I don't know. I I still don't know what to make of Turkey. Like I thought they looked okay in a group that they probably need to look better in. Yeah, I think uh I think Switzerland has kind of that same syndrome um, that Wales has where they're based around a couple of key players. Mm. It's just that they weren't as good at backing those key players. Right. I mean, I realized they came out <laughs> tied in head to head and, um, you know, also tied basically in the standings, but I don't, I don't think I'm stepping out of line when I say that Wales feels like they're in a lot better position. Um, just feel like they have more momentum coming out of it. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Switzerland does in their next matchup. I, I think that they were pro are probably a team I would bet against, but we'll talk about that more in a minute. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I think it is like a little bit of expectations too. Like we expect mm -hmm. more out of Switzerland, less out of Wales than to see them play relatively up to the same standard. Now, that being said, Switzerland did kind of dominate that game that they played Wales, but Wales yeah. hit on the counter and were very good at that. So mm -hmm. agreed. Yeah. So we'll be an interesting, you know, I don't think there aren't a lot of clear teams that you're really eager to face in uh, the knockout rounds. Um, 
I think if there are any, they actually might be some of the kind of legacy teams that did not look very good that we'll talk about <laughs> later on. But uh, Group B, Belgium, as you mentioned, uh, did advance with nine points and uh, 7-1 for and against. Um, but also, as you mentioned, didn't look amazing at any point other than maybe when Kevin De Bruyne came on uh, in the Denmark game. Um, <laughs> Belgium yeah. to me is al- almost <laughs> kind of cut from that cloth as, as Wales and, and Switzerland only because like as good as their roster as KDB is somehow like a level even beyond that. Yeah. It's still a much higher level. Like KDB yeah. is probably the best player in the world when he's on his game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like when he was on the pitch, they were just still a dramatically different team, mm-hmm. even though they have so much talent and name you know recognition just on their own um so you know they're they're the number one ranked team in the world for a reason obviously their core is aging and there's a lot of concern about this being their last you know hurrah is kind of a main group um but certainly one of the favorites i think heading forward um and then Denmark has that obviously the emotional appeal um we haven't really gotten to talk about the uh situation with Christian Eriksen that was you know horrifying for all of us and then uplifting and you know thank god he's okay as okay as you can be at least considering the circumstances on the field like I thought he was when we were watching it live yeah I mean he he was legitimately and and (laughs) recovered but horrifying scenes and honestly to have you know even the strength as a team to go on let alone managed to find a points and win a game and advance um really really cool to see um the absolute scenes of that belgium first half um even though you know they went on to lose that game and then finding a win to beat russia which is just the ultimate mm-hmm. you know it's just the ultimate good story to manage to have the worldwide favorite underdogs topple russia in the last game to advance in the tournament that's just you know hollywood couldn't write that so just feels um, feels very good yeah go ahead if there's a team that like was probably the worst in the tournament too like i think russia was that team like they They were pretty rotten yeah at all no they had the they had zuba and and nothing else going for them uh finland is that who they got their one against finland i guess yeah yeah. And Finland got one against Denmark and Denmark got one against Russia. Um, so, you know, Finland looked rough at times, but I don't think anyone had as high as expectations for them as, as Russia. Um, and they actually hung, hung tough in most of their games. Um, yeah. Russia didn't look good for sure, which I don't think anybody's crying about. So no. Timu Puki is going home. That is disappointing. This had, um, he had a rough tournament too, which is also upsetting yeah, to me on a personal yeah, very level. much so. But Denmark, I think, you know, they looked great in that final game. They're going up against Wales. That is a team they definitely can beat um, in, you know, the knockout rounds. And I think they're kind of everybody's sentimental favorite, <laughs> even if they, even if they don't have the horses to make it much further, which you would assume they don't, particularly without Christian Eriksen, it's just the feel-good story of the tournament. Um, so, you know, as much as I love Wales, I, I do hope Denmark keeps going and, and makes a bit of a run here. 
Um, any other thoughts on that group before we move on to old group C? Yeah, I guess my last thoughts were like, I think Belgium, you know, with KD being healthy now, KDB being healthy now and back in games, like that's a scary team. I think for the rest of the group to kind of have to cannibalize themselves to make it through shows you how strong Belgium were. Um, but I mm-hmm. think like these are probably the right two teams to make it through. Like, I don't think either of those three teams necessarily painted themselves in glory, but Denmark pulled ahead without Christian Eriksen and are a team of destiny now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, the reality of this whole situation and the group stage in particular is, you know, it didn't happen this year, but with this new setup, it's very possible for some teams that make second place to advance on three points and some teams that are in third place with four points to not advance. And so, um, you know, it's just the luck of the draw a little bit with the groups, but I think I, I feel like the rightful teams are at the top of that group and yeah. um, You know, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, Group C, I feel like is probably the group that I have the least feeling about. I just don't, I just, whatever reason, I didn't get to see a ton of their games, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I saw Netherlands try to screw it up against Ukraine, which was exciting for a moment. Uh, You really got a a taste of Frank DeBoer football. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, you know what they were missing without either of Van Dyke or uh, delete for those for that first game um, was obvious, Uh, but they had some really, really good performances. I think uh, um, Jeannie one Aldum has kind of been one of the unsung stars of the tournament so far. Not a guy. He's putting on like a master class and Frank DeBoer is going to get the credit. And I'm so excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, He's, you know, tied in second, I think in goals with three um, on that platform with, I think Mm. five other people, but, or four other people. It's uh, so Ronaldo is first after today with five. Then it's Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Lukaku, Forsberg, and Schick with three. So where it stands. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I think that's, I love that obviously being a, a Liverpool fan, even though he's moving on, um, he is a guy that was exactly that at Liverpool, which is part of how I think he got away as he was an unsung hero and, and not appreciated probably as much as he deserves to be. And, um, now he's doing that on, on the world stage and, you know, the Netherlands narrative is always going to center around Memphis to and, um, you know, those cornerbacks that are or aren't there and some of those stories, but I think he's been the kind of clue that's held it all together for them. And, and he's a big part of the reason they have nine points. So I, uh, I love, I love genuine all that's really all I wanted to say. That's the whole point of the podcast. Uh, and I'm not, and that's it for that today's he's podcast. Leaving. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Austria is a team I have just almost no opinion on so yeah. i'm hoping that you do i don't know if you have any any real strong opinions on oh them obviously i was just about to say i'm like right there with you there's no yeah i mean obviously they're a good team and bangor played really well but like uh i don't know i'm not picking them to do much like their success came from letting david alba like just go wherever he yeah, wants exactly <laughs> when you let when you unleash david alba good things can happen who would have thought 
not exactly <laughs> shocking. And then, you know, when Marco Arnautovic, Arnautovic doesn't get kicked out of the game for mm. being a stupid racist, good things can happen too. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. when he's in the game, Austria is better, believe it or not. Hard to believe. Um, I'm not better morally, apparently, but better on the <laughs> very field. Much, so. Very much not, it seems like. <laughs> I, I don't think, despite having six points and therefore being one of the stronger second place teams i don't look at them as a team that i would expect to get very far i just think they're too limited and um you know I, david david alaba is is great but hasn't really been consistently freed mm. to play the kind of um football that he's capable of playing and franco foda deserves a lot of the blame for that but they got through and so he's not going to get a lot of blame for that but i just I, I look at them as a team that's probably not going to make it out of the first round of the knockout stage. If I had to guess, um, that's just yeah, it's weird. Favorite. I have, I have more faith in Ukraine than I do Austria yeah. for whatever reason, like Ukraine's playing Sweden, which I almost like that matchup a little bit better for them. Mm-hmm. And Austria's playing Italy, which is going to be disastrous <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And that's going to be rough. Um, yeah, they're not, I was correct that they are not advancing. Um, yeah, Ukraine, I think you, you talked, you talked me into thinking they were a team to back and I don't think you were wrong. Um, they've obviously got one of maybe the best kits, um, Mm. not even just the political message, although that helps. Um, but, uh, the actual look of them is gorgeous. Um, and they had a lot of players, you know, kind of step up and contribute, uh, what are your thoughts on on your boys over there in the Ukraine? Yeah, I will say that I need to temper things a little bit because their one win did come against North Macedonia and it was only 2-1. <laughs> that being said... I wasn't going to say anything, okay? You know, I was good with letting it slide. That being said, I like how they play a lot. I don't know if it necessarily is going to do anything for them in like knockout rounds. Like, I think it's such a wide-open style play that, like... When you're in the knockout round and those strange bounces happen and you're playing against a Sweden team who has a lot of confidence right now, like I don't I don't feel as confident now as I did before the tournament that they would be like my dark dark horse like knockout round contender. But mm-hmm. I like them. I like how they play. They have good vibes, and that's what matters most to me at this point. <laughs> yeah, good vibes are are honestly a really big deal in mm-hmm. the UEFA tournaments because there's such a kind of tight window that you have to nail everything in. And if you don't, you're out of there. So mm. um Alexander, yeah, I can't speak Zinchenko. Uh very good. Uh not surprising that the guy mm. who plays for Man City regularly is a good soccer player, but needs to be said. Yarmolenko also good. Um also unsurprising. Their goaltender, uh, not so good. I think I forget uh, what his name is off the top of my head, but he had a couple of rough moments there. Um, a couple of big moments too. So maybe I'm not being totally fair, but um, it'll be interesting. I do. I do kind of agree with you that I have more faith in Ukraine than I do Austria, even though, as you said, uh, they lost head to head and only are in the knockout round because of a win Uh, over uh, North Macedonia. So maybe that's a little bit of us fooling ourselves, but, um, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's too far fetched North Macedonia before we depart. I think, um, 
honestly weren't super duper bad for as nope. lopsided as everything should have been. <laughs> we obviously had the the Goran Pandev story, his career on the international stage coming to an end in with thunderous applause as uh, it deserved to. Mm. And they obviously got drummed out by Netherlands pretty hard there in the final game, but they didn't have anything to Who was expecting anything anyway, less? So, uh, <laughs> what did you think of their performance? I thought it was great. I liked how he kind of got an honor guard like during the game, during that Netherlands game. I thought that was fun. I honestly, I did think they did a lot better than everyone expected. They scored some goals. They hung in there with Ukraine and Austria. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Netherlands stomped them, but that was always going to happen. And like, I honestly, I think all the teams that were kind of the minnows in this tournament painted themselves really well. So that was kind of one of the exciting parts about this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think they did did pretty well, even despite having, um, you know, no points. Yeah, no and points, I think that, but they scored two goals, Steven, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly, I think that's uh, a statement towards, you know, kind of justifying FIFA and UEFA's decision mm-hmm. to expand this tournament. Obviously, they did that for financial reasons, because Obviously. that's why FIFA and UEFA do anything ever. <laughs> but um, that doesn't mean that it we can't judge it on its footballing merits independent of that and i think i think this showcase uh kind of justified you know proved them right a little bit yeah i think Um, if you don't have those expanded fields then you don't have north macedonia which i think everyone liked that story you don't have scotland in which that scotland england game was very fun in the lead up mm-hmm. we'll talk about that not as fun during the game but <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you don't have a team like hungary probably who really almost stole a spot from the group of death mm-hmm. you know right. so uh we'll talk about them as well but um yeah those are some teams that wouldn't have made this tournament otherwise and and became critical uh players uh either in just being a fun narrative to follow or in really shaking things up in the tournament a little bit so let's talk about that group d headlined by i would say the most underwhelming of the first place finishers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. possibly um sweden also a little little blah but they had a really good final game today so we can talk about them as well um but uh, England, obviously being a favorite, uh, the finals will be in Wembley. Um, I do not think they will be in those finals. <laughs> uh, we talked in the preview episode about whether Gareth Southgate was really the guy to actually manage the team on the field. I think he brings a lot of cachet and swagger to the team. Um, but I'm not sure he's the guy that they need tactically when the chips are down. Um, and I don't think he did anything to disprove that to me in this I, tournament. I don't know what he does and how he picks his teams. Because <laughs> <laughs> they they win one nothing over Croatia. Or was it Czech? I forget which team they played first. Uh, yeah, over Croatia. They win Croatia one nothing. first, yeah. Then they go into the Wales game, get zero goals, and then they still don't start or play Jaden Sancho in that last game, and they only win that one one nothing. They scored two goals all in their entire group stage, and Jaden Sancho hasn't seen a single minute. I don't quite understand what's going on there, but like that's why you don't feel confident because even though they might have been strong defensively, they also had nothing going offensively with all that attacking talent that they have. 
Yeah, um, I agree. They they looked pretty milk toast. Um, and this, I would say, ended up being the weakest group. Um, probably Croatia looked real bad until that final game. Um, I mean, real bad until that final game. The Czech Republic looked good by comparison to a couple of the teams they played, mm. but I don't think are objectively that good. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I think England really should have made a bigger statement um, and they did not. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch them going forward. Do you have their... Uh, their opponent i thought it was maybe germany it is it is germany. it is so, germany which is a very interesting game that's one that two teams that underperformed <laughs> in the first two legacy teams mm. that underperformed heavily i would say um yeah we'll talk about predictions for that later but what did what did you want to say because i kind of cut you off there no i was saying i think i think england's gonna have a really rough time with that and yeah yeah, I agree. I tend to agree. Uh, we'll we'll touch on that more in a bit. But um, Croatia looked bad. I think really bad until the Scotland game. Scotland mm. held on through the first half, and then Croatia kind of ran away with it. Luka Modric, of course, uh, had an insane bit of skill that uh, sealed it for Croatia. Um, but they did look old and uninspired for most of this group stage, and. I know that the announcer, uh, who I forget his name, but is great, was kind of talking about, well, they've got a lot of legacy and they're not a team anyone wants to face in the in the knockout stage. Um, quite frankly, I would love to face them in the knockout <laughs> stage. I would be very excited if I was Spain right now, who didn't have a very good showing of themselves either until this final game. Um, but, uh, you know, I think... I think are going to be able to dance through Croatia. I could be mm. wrong, but Croatia just really didn't look yeah, good. If you're Croatia, you don't like seeing Spain score five goals. That is not something you enjoyed watching. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, you wanted, you definitely wanted to be the team that entered with the momentum and mm. they looked like they were going to be. And then, you know, they weren't. Yeah. Um, and then the Czech Republic, uh, I think one of the surprises of the group stage Um not a team with a ton of talent. Um, I'm putting it nicely. I'm probably <laughs> the team I struggle the most to name a player from other than now Patrick Sheik, who was phenomenal um, mm. and had that incredible, probably the goal of the tournament, not even probably definitely the goal of the tournament um, in the Scotland game. Uh, he was great. Um, you know, Bayer Leverkusen represent. Um, but beyond him, that's just, I think they were tactically sound. And I think that's why they have four points are in event and are advancing. Um, but facing the Netherlands, I look at this as a group that could very easily be totally eliminated before mm. the uh, second round. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, obviously, like their best chance is England. That's not a good matchup for them. I'm not sold on either Croatia or Czech, like you said. Like outside of Patrick Schick having another great game taking it over. I don't feel confident about either of those. Like I feel much more confident just looking at their matchup. So obviously we talked about England gets Germany. I don't feel good about that. Netherlands is gonna run through Czech Republic. Spain's probably gonna run through Croatia. 
Like that, that doesn't feel good if you're a fan of any of those teams to know that your group had zero representation in the round of 18, or round of eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, not, not ideal. Uh, not by ideal. the way, Ian, Ian checks in from Slack and says, hello, Justin. So, you know, oh, if you hello, have Ian. any thoughts, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think this group just looked poor and that's upsetting because I had high hopes for Scotland. Mm. They did not look good enough. Um, I think, yeah, like Scotland were always kind of a hope and a will, like you hoped that they yeah. would, because they're playing games in Scotland would be able to have some of that magic, but I wasn't necessarily surprised by how they looked. I was just maybe a little bit sad that they weren't able to put more together. Yeah, I agree. I think they, I mean, they have that curse that we talked about coming in where their two best players play the same position. Um, So that's tough. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think um, Billy Gilmore is a player who could really be something for them in two or four years, but um, obviously is still very, very young and also, um, you know, wasn't able to play in the last mm. tournament or last game because of COVID, but I don't think his, his presence would have made a difference, but I don't think it would have. Yeah. And they didn't start him in the first the game tournament. either. So yeah, like exactly. you go into that first game, not playing Billy Gilmore, who turned out to be like probably your best player in that England game. And Kieran Tierney was hurt also like didn't come back until the England game. So they're roughed up and they were a team that didn't, couldn't afford to be roughed up like that. Yeah. Good to see them there. They showed up for the England game and that was exciting. Um, but obviously not, not a great result at the end of the, at the end of the day. Um, group E is a group that proved that, uh, headline talent doesn't mean everything. Um, as, uh, Robert Lewandowski's Poland, uh, lost mm-hmm. in the fourth spot, um, despite his scoring three goals and Spain, uh, despite, or with only really a, a strong performance in the last game looked pretty weak, but Sweden led by such uh, luminaries as uh, Emil Forsberg and probably other players as well. Uh, <laughs> they take uh, first place in this group without Zlatan um, and uh, look pretty good. Uh, they are a team that I certainly wouldn't look forward to playing if I'm Ukraine. Uh, or even the winner of England or Germany. I think that's a team that I definitely see a narrative for them being in the semifinals with the uh, road that they'd have to walk to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on Sweden? Yeah, I think especially if Emil Forsberg keeps playing the way that he has played. He's such a good player. And like he plays for Leipzig, so he's kind of underrated in that aspect. But like hopefully tournaments like this, performances like this kind of awaken everyone to just how much quality he has but yeah i like sweden i think there definitely are some problems with them defensively as seen by poland almost coming back on them but i think they're a good team i think they're gonna cause problems ukraine is gonna have to play a hell of a game to beat them Mm -hmm. um and i could easily see them kind of causing problems for whoever i don't know if they reseed going into the semis or what that looks like but I think it is not. I think it's a straight. Okay. At least according to Wikipedia, match 43 plays match 44. And so they would play just a bracket. So the winner, winner of England and Germany, which yep. that's going to be fun also. So. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think, I think of those four teams in that little quartet, Sweden represented themselves the best by far. So yeah. I don't think it's impossible to see them advance to the semis. And really, I don't think there's a team in the um, 
other half of that bracket that is, you know, so overpowering that they couldn't possibly win. Maybe Sweden wins Euro 2020, 2020. I almost said 2021. How ridiculous would that have been? That would be insane, um, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, you know, I don't think that necessarily, but I, they have, they have proved to be a team that can score goals when necessary, but also can be very stifling and, and suffocating defensively. Uh, they do not have much of the excitement element that I mentioned earlier with Italy. Hmm. Um, but Hey, you know, Sweden has always been about utility, oh, uh, and solid team performances. Yes. Ikea. This is, there's a reason they left Zlatan off the roster, you know, so <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get the job done, but you don't want to make too much noise. That's the Swedish motto. And, right, and right, they did right. it, you know, they're, they're in first place. So Spain, I would say the very opposite end of the spectrum, a team that carries a lot of cachet um, naturally because of their history and because mm. of their, um, you know, there's still a lot of talent on that roster, but I would say by far, the least impressive of the sort of legacy top eight in Europe type of teams in this tournament so far until this last game. Do you disagree with that strong? I would say until today, um, yeah. like my biggest knock up on the, like watching those first two Spain games is your typical like Spanish style. They have like 75% of possession, like one shot on goal. So they have an issue with scoring, but they liked very good, today against Slovakia and they put five up and uh an own goal and uh oh, some definite brutal. scoring by <laughs> committee but yeah Marcus Lorente looked good Ferran Torres uh if he keeps playing like that like he came in off the bench and scored and I think he has like that talent to be kind of Spain's top scorer so to see him mm. kind of keep progressing into that role like I think that's the thing with Spain is they're like an aging generation out and an incoming generation. And they're in this weird, like amalgamation of this team, but they still play that possession style, which I think is always going to frustrate a lot of teams if they can't get the ball back from. Yeah. I mean, they made a ton of passes. That's really what sets them <laughs> apart. And so they're going to keep doing that. So All the passes. <laughs> they're not going to be easy for, you know, I said, Croatia, I don't think it's going to beat them. So maybe they have that momentum, but I just can't see them beating France. Um, if yeah, France that's assume, gonna be... presumably gets past Switzerland, I can't imagine Spain gets past yeah. them. And I think that's right. Like, I think that's where Spain is right now and France uh -huh. being, I would say top two teams in the tournament. Like, I think that's the natural end of their tournament. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't I don't have a lot to say about Slovakia or Poland. Slovakia did pretty all right for a team without a lot of firepower. Mm -hmm. um, and Poland did pretty bad for a team with a very clear amount of firepower. Uh, just not enough support there to get the ball to Lewandowski. Um, you know, I think that's, that's yeah, much all they, that needs to be said. I think Poland and Russia are like my two surprises as far as like how bad they looked. And uh -huh. like, I don't think that, like, I don't think Poland lacks power. I think they just like, for whatever reason, have this style that's too reliant on getting the ball to Lewandowski, which is a great strategy. And Lewandowski scored two goals, but I think defensively that causes issues, obviously. Yeah, they're not offering enough defensively to rely mm -hmm. on him that much. And, right. And it showed. 
They're not um, Bayern who have all-stars at every position who can boot the ball up to Lewandowski and also like not allow any shots on goal. So, right. And, you know, they got the result against, or they failed to get the result against Slovakia, which is really where they mm. should have started. And that was kind of, then you look ahead and, and, you know, they drew with Spain, which was a good result for them, but then they couldn't get anything from Sweden either. And that's why they're gone, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, tough break for them. Tough to see Lewandowski, who is the best striker in the world, probably, um, Absolutely. not be in the tournament anymore, but sometimes you just don't, don't come from one of the big countries. And that can also be said, Justin, about Hungary, who I think were, despite going out, maybe one of the, uh, impressive teams of the group stage, um, particularly considering the fact that they were without their real star, Dominic Zabotsly, uh, who I mentioned mostly just to have an opportunity to say his name. Um, <laughs> As always. But uh, I think they looked great. I'm Maybe I'm a little biased with how they performed against um, Germany in this last game, um, but they also drew with France, you know, and if mm. they hadn't gotten sort of run over by uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in the first game, um, I think they could be in in the groups in the knockouts right now. I think they looked really good. What did you think about Hungary yeah, representing I, themselves? I don't know how much of that is group F teams looking past Hungary probably. to their There's other probably games. Probably a part of that for sure. But well, they did. But it like, wasn't like, with Germany, you right. know. I mean, that's where I was. So. That's where I was going. Like <laughs> they did well against Germany, and that German team got so frustrated because they weren't able to break them down, and then. Germany get the goal and Hungary come right back and score like yeah. a minute later. So like, obviously neither, there's a lot of belief with that team. Neither of Hungary's goals were worldies by no, any definitely means, not. <laughs> but you score how you can, if, especially if you're a huge mm-hmm. underdog, you know, so you can't take anything away from them either on either of those. So I think they're a team that represented themselves pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time praising them just because I, Hungary as a country itself is kind of a oh, shit show, a, but they on nation, yes. the footballer side, they did a fine yes. job. More than yeah, I, I, I struggle with that a little bit because <laughs> it's like, it's not, you know, Adam's the lie's fault that right. part of a, you know, that fascist or, homophobe nation, but, right, um, right. you know, maybe it is, maybe he's really into that. I don't, I just don't know enough about him personally, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I certainly don't take our, our encouragement of Hungary as any sort of endorsement of the mm. nation's behavior. And, uh, you know, while we're on the subject, uh, screw you, UEFA, for um, refusing to let um, the Allianz Arena, which you won't even call that because of some other money-grubbing deal. They won't uh, pay enough with, for the sponsorships, either. <laughs> with the <laughs> rainbow colors, uh, with... Um, hungry on the inside although there was a field intruder that carried a pride flag which you know don't endorse uh field intrudership but that was very well done and um, manuel neuer had his armband throughout the tournament i believe and some some other little shows of yeah of, when uh when gretzka scored he did the heart and pointed to that mm-hmm. there are some fans that had the pride flag so that was really cool i enjoyed yeah, that yeah it was it was a good moment and i being of German descent and German extraction and generally being a Germany fan was glad to see them advance, but boy, was this a, was this a Yoki Lowe 
Germany performance if I've ever seen one. Uh, looked almost lifeless against France. That could have been a 12 nothing game. Uh, ended up being a one nothing game. Mm-hmm. Then looked unstoppable against Portugal, despite Portugal scoring two on goals. I don't think there's any argument that they dominated that game. Um, and then come into this one uh, against Hungary and almost crap the bed, not once, but twice. Um, so what do you make of, of Germany right now going forward? Like Germany is so weird to me. And I wonder if it is a thing of like when Lowe leaves after this, they become just a much better team because like, I think, yes, they're aging, but not really. And the players that they have are, like the best players in their league still. Like, I think they have so much talent to be on the bubble of making out of group stages. Seems like a just a, such an underwhelming result. Like Joshua Kimmich and then having Leon Goretzka being able to come off the bench for you. And like Leroy Zane probably shouldn't have been starting with how he played a couple of these games. But to have like that much firepower and look just terrible against France and not be able to break down Hungary's low block just seems unreal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was... being said, being able to make it out of the group stage maybe is that kind of like boost that they need to start playing like Germany again. But Yeah, and you know, I mean, they're they're aging, obviously, in some ways, but they've also got, you know, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, mm. um, you know, okay, gone to one. I can't pronounce his name, but something like that. Joshua Leroy. Kimmich, yeah, Leroy Leroy Sane, all yeah. guys in their mid, early to mid twenties. Um, and you know, that's they're the kind of nation. I guess Gundogan is in his early, early thirties, so I retract that. But that they're the kind of country that's going to always have a competitive roster. Mm. Um, and you know, Goretzka also just twenty six. Um, so it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing a song on a violin for, for Germany quite yet. Um, they're always going to have competitive players. They're always going to have world-class players. Um, and I think, I think this has just kind of been the story under Yoki Lowe is just, there are periods and stretches where they look unstoppable. What was it? The, was it the twenty? 10 world cup that they won or 2014 2014 2010 um, was spain 2014 or something yeah yeah um but they looked phenomenal that whole tournament um and you know then they got drummed out in the group stage last world cup barely escaped the group stage this year mm-hmm. um and even having said that i still you you could still absolutely see them in the semifinals of of this tournament, you know, if if they advance past um, England, which is very plausible, they're going to face one of Sweden or Ukraine. They could certainly beat either of those teams, and then they are there facing maybe the Netherlands, probably. So you yeah, know, like it's. I it's mean, that's the re- thing. If you told me that Germany were to make it to the semifinals or were to make it to the final team, I would not be surprised at that. I would like if we had Germany. I don't know if it's possible, but if we had Germany and France in the final, like that would make sense to me that is possible um yeah i mean they're just they're just that team that you can't write them out in any game but you also can't just be 
certain that you're going to get their best every game. And there aren't a lot of teams that you can be certain of that, which brings us to France as well. Uh Um, uh Do you look at France's performance here as a team that disappointed expectations or a team that is just kind of waiting to break into that top gear as you sort of alluded to earlier yeah i got a lot of that like belgium feeling with them like i don't think it was ever out of the question that they were winning the group like i never got even in those two games that they drew i never got indication that the game was out of their control at all i think it's just they did enough to advance now that the stakes are higher and the games mean more that we potentially see them take that next step. Now, I could be wrong, and they could just shit the bet against Switzerland, but... Mm-hmm. I, I think France's exit, though, was always much more likely to be some sort of colossal locker right. room meltdown yeah. blow-up <laughs> than it was to be that they were just suddenly outplayed by anyone. So, you know, I they could certainly lose a one-off game against any of the other top teams in this tournament. I don't think they're just going to walk to the title. Um, but I think... I think probably they got over the biggest concern of the group stage, which was just don't melt down and somehow mm-hmm. eliminate from get eliminated from the group stage, you know? And so when you look at the remaining games, I think they're definitely the most skilled top to bottom team. Um, and it's just a matter of, can they always bring that to the fore and what, you know, kind of um, how much does luck affect the results, but they're obviously a favorite. Um, probably your first or second or third overall favorite, depending on who you ask. So, yeah, I don't think there's a lot to criticize there. And they were in the group of death for a reason, you know, so five points to win that group. Not so bad. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's the thing, too, with how good Portugal, <laughs> like as well. And with Hungary not being the team that you could walk or that they thought they were. I don't know if you can necessarily like make that many grand predictions. It's just like survive and advance, basically, and you're cool with it. Mm hmm. Yeah, agreed. I think um, moving on to Portugal, I read, I sent you this and I think I tweeted about it too, but I read somewhat a like trending on Twitter sort of headline that read like what Cristiano Ronaldo's break or strong performance at the Euro 2020 says about international soccer. And it really pissed me off, (laughs) to be honest, (laughs) because it's just one of those headlines for an article where your whole article is the headline and what you're going to reveal in the article is nothing because (laughs) Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the greatest players of all time and him performing well, even at 36 or whatever you're going to say is not a surprise. Um, You know, not to mention that he takes better care of himself than maybe any human being on the planet um, as noted by him dropping the stock of, you know, the market cap of, of Coca-Cola stock by like a billion dollars with his little <laughs> press <hilarious>. conference stuff. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, it just, it just bothers me when we have to make a narrative out of like, Oh my God, Cristiano Ronaldo is playing so good. How can anyone believe it? You know, it's like, I can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he's still I, good at the club level, but with Portugal, he's even more shielded. So yeah. he could do his Cristiano Ronaldo thing and not have to worry about playing defense at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. And they've got a lot of talent. Uh, Diogo Jada looked real bad in the first game. Um, and I think looked a lot better in the other mm-hmm. games. Not, not surprisingly uh, kept Jao Felix from playing a lot, which I think is, you know, kind of surprising. Um, but uh, yeah. 
you know, he's very good. Uh, I think Jada is good. He's not Jao Felix, I don't think. But he is a player that really has stepped up and, and played really well. And, and, you know, going back to his club season with Liverpool was kind of the breakout performer there, too. So I think they're a good team. I don't think they look very polished. And so I worry a little bit about them. Um, and they also had to face Belgium. So I worry a lot mm. about them. <laughs> but I don't think they're a team that's incapable of scoring a win on Belgium. Um, I don't think any team with Cristiano Ronaldo is incapable of scoring a win on Belgium uh, or, or any team, you know? Yeah, so there's they have not so much you can just write off. Right. They have so much like midfield power that you worry because like KDB can break that down, of course. And Belgium, Lukaku has also been a really good scoring threat, like probably outside of Ronaldo and Lewandowski, like the third best score in this tournament mm-hmm. um that's a really hard matchup i that's gonna be fun to watch <laughs> yeah yeah and that's probably probably your best matchup of the of the yeah it definitely well england and germany too that's the um, hardest one for me to predict anyway as yeah. far as like from initial thoughts yeah belgium i mean you the narrative for them to win it and even when it pretty convincingly is obviously there, but I, like you said, I don't think you can write off Portugal at all. Um, so yeah, I think with all of the teams covered in the group stage and now starting at the top of the tournament, let's talk about that a little bit. We just talked about Belgium, Portugal. Um, I don't think we have a lot of questions about Italy, Austria. Um, I think Italy wins that pretty easily. Poor Austria. Uh, <laughs> France, Switzerland, I feel feel the same way you know um croatia spain i think is going to be really interesting as the kind of the battle of two aging teams that found their stride late in the group stage i think that'll be one of the more fun games of um the tournament or of that mm. first round so who do you who do you favor in that one do you think spain takes it at the end i of the think day? so like and that's probably biased from the games today but Watching them earlier, my only takeaway was if they could just find a way to score, this team would be one of the best teams in the tournament, and they found a way to score. So yeah. I'm going to stick with my gut and say that Spain is the better team there. I think that's fair. Um, I think Sweden and Ukraine will be an interesting one. The battle of two of the best color combinations, mostly oh, yeah. because it's the same color combination. <laughs> um, but um, you know what? It makes no sense. But just let them both wear home jerseys. Don't uh, make one of them wear white. Um, That's half the battle. No one can tell who they're passing to. And, you know, it's who's the better team? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. where? <laughs> nobody knows who anyone is. Um, I I think probably Sweden wins. I I have that same feeling you have about Ukraine, but Sweden was really good and Ukraine wasn't all that good <laughs> despite yeah. kind of telling ourselves that they were better than they look. <laughs> Convincing ourselves that they were. Yeah. <laughs> what do you th- do you feel differently? Do you think they find a way to win this one? No, I think you're right. Like I think Sweden looked pretty damn good in the group for like they finished on top of Spain. So to say that Ukraine is going to beat them would be crazy. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Plus, uh, I'm a big Emil Forsberg fan, so for sure, gotta... he's very good. He's real good. Uh, Germany loved to knock out England. Do you think they do that again in this tournament, or are you think I honestly, I think that's my like upset predictor, if you can call that an upset. Like, I am not convinced in 
England at all. And also just for the bants, um, England going out in the first round of the knockouts would be fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that's, that's definitely the, the Twitter win and uh-huh. the total soccer show. That's the best outcome for that too. So, you know, a lot of good, a lot of good things coming from that. Um, Netherlands and Czech Republic in Budapest. I think that'll be the Netherlands probably. I think so. I yeah. think so as well. Um, and then Wales and Denmark, I think is going to be one of the most exciting games. It's in Amsterdam. So that, um, you know, isn't actually in Denmark now that I think about it, but it <laughs> is closer to Denmark than Wales. I it's think. one of those uh, up there. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. Copenhagen <laughs> is in Denmark. Right, and right. Amsterdam is in the Netherlands. See, I know stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be a close game. Uh, Gareth Bale will be the best player on either team. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think Denmark is the deeper, better team um, by, a, by a nose. And so I, you know, it's uh, that's tough for me. Denmark is the natural favorite in this tournament because of what they've gone through. And Wales is always kind of one of my rooting favorites hmm. um, because they're Wales. So I don't have a, I don't have a team I'd really prefer to see go through there. Who do you think actually does? I have a really hard time betting against Denmark against Wales with how they played that last game and just like the team excitement around them. Like, I don't know when you're in that level and you're playing against a team that is somewhat similar to how you are and you have that much just a team belief and like we're doing this for christian and like all that behind you i think that's gonna be hard for wales to beat that i don't know i'm probably denmark would be my way to go there yeah no i think you're probably right i think they had the momentum denmark that is Mm -hmm. and i would like them too so justin before we wrap up here do me a favor all right. Think, look at the bracket for a minute. Tell okay. me who you think your semifinal is going to be, and then who your winner is going to be. So semifinal. Okay. All right. I'm just gonna go through my matchups here, just to, okay. because. All right. So I have Belgium and Italy. I think. Yeah, man, that one's hard. That's. Tough. I f- think Belgium. I don't want to pick Belgium, but I think Belgium. If that makes sense. Yeah, Um, I get it. France and Spain. I think France wins that one. That one I'm more confident on. Sweden, Germany. That one's interesting too. Uh, I mean, if we're going with the idea that Germany has put it together, then if Germany gets past England, I think they also get past Sweden. And then Netherlands, Denmark, I think. uh, Sorry, Denmark. So I think (laughs) Netherlands has so much talent that despite being managed by Pete DeBoer or Frank DeBoer, whatever DeBoer it is, uh, <laughs> Pete that DeBoer, somehow even grosser than Frank DeBoer. whichever, whichever I, one I hate, I'm sure they're not related at all, but well, I mean, other than very distantly, but that is a real <laughs> coaching family that I would rather avoid. Right. right. Give me the van Gundy's any day, you know, absolutely. Over those absolutely. <laughs> Give me someone loosely related to Josie and I'm in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think Netherlands just based on talent win. Like, I think that's a very winnable bracket for them. Cause they're not going to get out coached uh, mm-hmm. from there. Belgium versus France. That's that's spicy. That's a spicy matchup. I think Belgium probably wins that one uh, just because mm-hmm. of the way Lukaku is playing. And if Kevin De Bruyne is Kevin De Bruyne, 
and France hadn't seen 100% cohesive yet. Now that could change after watching that game against Italy. Um, Germany, Netherlands, I would pick Netherlands. So my final being Belgium and Netherlands, I would have Belgium winning that final. Look at you go. I think that's very plausible. I'm going to shake it up and say that Italy does survive Belgium. That's that's the the changer right there is yeah that's and the toughest matchup <laughs> France in the semifinals, um, and I'm gonna go a little wild card and say I see the road for Sweden. Maybe okay. I'm ranking them a little too high because they did win the group, which doesn't ultimately mean anything. But I just don't think I don't think the winner of England and Germany is gonna be that strong. I think they've that's both fair. looked bad, and I don't think one of them is going to have to look amazing to beat another <laughs> team that's looked bad. You know, so like that's fair. That's fair. Um, I just if <laughs> I probably, I mean, my gut. Do I think that's actually going to happen? Maybe not. But for the sake of being interesting, I think Sweden can make it, and so I'll say it. Um, and I think they do probably face the Netherlands. The Netherlands. This is a team that if they had drawn the wrong matchup, I think could for sure go out in the first round. So they just have to be thanking. They get really lucky, lucky with this draw. About this yeah. draw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, have, they basically have no right to not make the semifinals uh-huh. at least. Um, and, you know, if they face Sweden there as much as I'd like to be exciting, I do think they win against Sweden. So I will also have the Netherlands in the finals. But I'm going to have them facing Italy, and I'm going to have Italy winning Euro 2020. I okay. think maybe it's maybe it's rating them too highly. Maybe it's making too much out of the group stage. And granted, they weren't in the toughest group, but they just looked so good. They looked like they were scoring it pretty much at will. Nobody even got close to scoring on them. And you know the Euro, the Euro, you don't have to be that good. Overall, you just have to be good for the right two weeks, you know, when they are on fire right now, um, you know, so I, I, I don't think they're a, a shoe in for the, for the championship or anything, um, but I think they're a team to watch for sure. So um, any more thoughts on Euro 2020 before the group stage or the knockout stage kicks off on Saturday with Wales and Denmark and wait for it wait for it italy austria i just hate that Gigi wilnaldum is gonna be like the player of the tournament and uh, somehow that's gonna be like a memorandum on frank de boer uh, uh <laughs> thanks for reminding me just no us. problem <laughs> um by the way i don't know if you have seen any of them but those um those player of the game trophies that they're giving out um which he won one, which is how I know about it. Um, pretty ki- kind of sick. <laughs> they're a little stupid, but I they're kind of cool. They have a, they're like a Heineken star, but they're on a cool. Um, let me see if I can find one. Oh, okay. I see it. Uh, yeah. I just, I kind of, you know, I wouldn't be embarrassed to have one of those on my trophy shelf. That's it's not bad. Saying. That's not bad at all. For as goofy as player of the game trophies usually look, those actually look kind of kind of cool and significant. So 
let us all be the player of the game for this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the rest of this tournament. That's a I very, will... hoi- sorry to put us off trap. That's a very yeah. hoistable trophy. Uh, you know, it has a nice round base that you could like, oh, yeah, lift in the sure. air. Uh, if that's what they're going for, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I think, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Maybe Sorry, I totally back. derailed you. No, 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 no. You're good. I uh, I'm gonna miss the soccer every minute of every day aspect of the group stage, but now we're down to the brass tacks of who's actually gonna advance. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention um, before we sign off here, which is you're tangentially related, but not completely related. Um, dear Tottenham, if you are actually being offered uh, Raheem Sterling and a hundred million dollars for Harry Kane, <laughs> take that and thank your lucky stars. <laughs> I don't, that's all I had to say. I that's the part of that rumor that. that I didn't get. It's like a hundred million dollars to turn it down fine. And then the rumor was a hundred billion dollars in a player such as Raheem Sterling, or uh, I forget what the other players that were named, but like, take that, please. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, I know how good Harry Kane is, so I don't mean to disrespect him, but I don't feel like there's worlds of difference between him and Raheem Sterling. And you can buy another world-class player with like 50 million of that hundred million dollars. Yeah. Save some of that. Raheem Sterling is like a year or two younger to December 94 to july 27 or july 93 so that's a year and a half just uh hard hard to believe oh what has what has fabrizio 100 confirmed let's see his tweet 100 concerned that man city and relevant officials at the eddie have made an official bid on tottenham okay well, ah, okay 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 it's less exciting thanks that fabrizio is, you're that's true steven i do i will miss the there was a day or a couple days actually where i woke up the like game started at eight for the Euros uh-huh. until four. And then like at five o'clock, the Copa America kicked off and like one to 11. So you could watch like over 18 hours of soccer in a row. And World that was class soccer. That's fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. I love being able to work. You know, <laughs> you would work, you'd start work at eight. So I work from home. The game will be on at the background. You could like, you know, I could take a break to like shower because I don't have my crap together enough to like be ready for the day by eight. So I'd just kind of roll out of bed and get started at eight. You could shower and do all that, you know, really kind of preparing for your day stuff during the 10 o'clock window. And then you could go get lunch during the one o'clock window. And that was the perfect day. It was just, it was heaven. So do more of that, please, FIFA. And I'll stop talking about how garbage and horrendous you are as an organization. So just kidding, FIFA. I'll never stop talking (laughs) about that. Um, (laughs) Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Justin? Only uh, three more years until the next UEFA Euro group stage. That's true. It's very exciting. And uh, (laughs) Simone Biles is currently in our hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, which Mm. means that we are truly blessed by royalty. So uh, Olympics will be this summer. That's exciting as well. More transfers and stuff to come. We'll talk about it all soon. We'll bring Ian back. He's been trampled, but he hasn't been killed. And uh, um, did you know that MLS has also been going on the whole time that you're going on? I was aware, but largely <laughs> indifferent. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. Anything I should know? I have not watched any games since Euros has started. So okay, yeah, we're going to have to catch up. We're going to have to have some catching up to do. We'll have an episode <laughs> where we catch up with all that. But until then, um, go Denmark. Go all the other teams that I like. 
boo all the teams that I don't like and have a great rest of the tournament. We were succeeding and blood in our lives. Can I wear your t-shirt and sleep?